0: Good morning, Kingsway. It's uh, good to see everybody. It's uh, day that we focus on love. and Of course, we've been uh, looking at the writings that God used as He inspired a man named Solomon. And Solomon was quite a guy. He found out he was going to be the next king. And so he... he went to worship God and, and guys he had a really <laughs> exorbitant offering. As he came with a thousand sacrifices and he came and he worshiped God and then that night it says that he had a dream and God said, Whatever you want, Solomon, I'll give you And Solomon said in his dream, he said, God what I really want is to be a king that cares about the people and makes right decisions. And does what you want. And the Bible says that God gave him wisdom. He became the wisest of all. And that he also attained great wealth and, and fame. And God, God gave him the whole package because he had a heart for God. And it, we've been in Ecclesiastes. As a matter of fact, I had said to the secretary, as I sermon title, first I said Ecclesiastes, I'm so used to saying that. As Ecclesiastes, uh, we've entitled that series, The Search, being on a search for what life is really about. And he looks all around him, he gets discouraged, he gets disillusioned. Then he looks up and he catches sight of what life really is about. But we're going to take a break from that. And this morning we're going to look at not the search for life, but the search for love. And I think my wife's like, oh dear. And uh, I told her, I said, well, I'm going to preach out a song of songs, Solomon's Song of Songs this morning. We're going to talk about that longing for physical intimacy and God's design for it. We're going to look at the first seven verses of the first chapter. I think I scared her to death. I thought, you know, I've never preached through this book. And so I don't know. pray about that. Maybe at some point, you know, God will lead that way. But uh, turn with me to Song of Songs. I'm going to ask you to stand when you find that text as I read aloud from the first seven verses In honor to God, Solomon's song of songs, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes, your name is like perfume poured out, no wonder the maidens love you. Take me away with you, let us hurry, let the king bring me into his chambers. We rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine. How right they are to adore you. Dark am I, yet lovely. O daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I'm dark, because I'm darkened by the sun. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards. My own vineyard I have neglected. Tell me whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? Let's pray. God, as we come to you, Lord, Father, we just need to hear from you, Lord. Um, God, like Samantha said, sometimes I get nervous too. God, I just don't want to mess up, Lord. And uh, Father, the truth of the matter is, you want to move in our lives, God. You want to speak to us, but too often we get in the way. And God, I just ask that you help me from getting in the way as we continue this message. I just ask for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. I ask that I might have a freedom, Lord, to be able to sp- to think clearly and to be a flow to the message, God. I pray, Father, that I'll speak in faith, God that I'll trust You. And Father, I pray that there'll be a fire, God. Um, Too often, Lord, we're scared of those who are from different backgrounds and have, uh, Lord, just great displays of emotion. God, we should be excited about You. Help us not neglect that. And Father, I pray too that, Father, You might move among us, Lord, that there might be a display of, of Your presence, God, and that we might respond to You, God. That's what we want. So God, I'm not much, but I'm Yours. And uh, I just ask, Lord, that You take the remainder of this time and allow us to continue in worship. In Your name we pray. Amen. This matter of love, guys, it's all around us. You can't miss it. It's often on our minds, certainly on our televisions and in our books and our magazines. And everywhere there is a perception of what it means to be loved and to find love God places that within us early I, uh, a friend of mine call uh, he used to call it the urge to merge that's within us I can remember uh, I can remember oh I was sixth grade and down the street there was this family and there was this girl and I think I've, oh, kids I man, I know this story. And I thought, man, oh man. And I'd sit in my room and listen to love songs. I don't know if any of y'all ever did that stuff. And, and I can remember the love song. A matter of fact, I looked it up in case uh, I couldn't get the words just right. It says, My eyes adored you, though I never laid a hand on you. My eyes adored you. Like a million miles away from me, you couldn't see how I adored you. So close. So close and yet so far. You know, anyway, I could go on, but you guys get the point. Oh, yeah. And you know, I can remember my dad. Uh I love my dad, guys. I wish my kids could know my dad. Dad is trying to talk to me about this natural attraction, you know, that occurs between the guys and the gals. And, and he'd say, Son... He said, "Sometimes you look at a girl and it's just bavroom. There's just bavroom, and you know because there's male bonding that goes on. I'd never heard the word bavroom, but I had a good idea what bavroom was, and I liked bavroom. We live in a world though where vavroom gets away from God's design, and people get hurt." And, and I want to begin the message before we actually get in the text looking at three common views of the Vavroom. The first one is that sex becomes a God. Becomes a God. Um, turn with me uh, to Philippians chapter 3. And I want to look at verse... 18 and 19. He says, For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Guys, they don't even realize it, but when God is left out, they're headed toward a dead end street, toward a cliff, toward pain and brokenness. When God is left out, their destiny's destruction. And he says here, their God is their stomach. And you know, I thought about that, and I, I thought what happens with the stomach is. Man, I love food that tastes good, and I've noticed a long time ago, the better the food tastes, the more I can eat. And so there's that, you know, that aroma of of food, and I get excited, yes, praise God, and head toward the plate and have a, a, you know, one of these plates, guys, that's like, you know, multi-level, you know, skyscraper plate, and attack it. And he says, their stomach those urges those those immediate longings and desires they can't wait they need to be fulfilled now attack in joy. <laughs> and that's what happens often with this area too look around you say love room <laughs> and before you know it <laughs> you're hurt They're gods their stomach These deep passions outside of God's best brings pain. And and guys, there's a long history of that. The Canaanites in the Old Testament, in their worship, man, when they went to church at their temple, they actually had temple prostitutes. There was a focus on fertility. And there was a focus of stepping out out of God's design. And in the New Testament, among the Greeks and in that culture... There were ideas out of God's design and people would participate in sexual behaviors that were not of God and caused a lot of pain and brokenness. And as a matter of fact, Paul, if you look at the church at Corinth, man, he was always dealing with them because they just had some ideas that were not right and there were a lot of broken people. And so he referred to that a lot. He said, guys, he said, you just need to come together. You need to get your life under, under God's way and today uh we live in a sac- a sex soaked sex saturated society what a tongue twister for me uh it's all around us and now it's even gotten to be tougher because of the internet and how pornography is just so easily accessible you don't have to be around a group of people matter of fact here's some statistics that are just heartbreaking um Pornography worldwide is a $60 billion a year industry, guys. In the United States alone, we spent $12 billion on pornography. Guys, that's more money that's spent on football, baseball, and basketball combined. You know, we talk about how much money these athletes make. And we say, well, baseball is America's pastime, not according to these statistics. That's more money than NBC, ABC, and CBS combined. Revenue that they end up with. In the last ten years, that's more money than we've given out in foreign aid. We talk about those in other countries who need our help. It could be more than doubled if the money went toward pornography, was used to help people. Matter of fact, uh, 25% of all search engine requests deal with pornography. 28,000 people every second click on a website dealing with pornography. Most always, when you look at prostitution, you have a person who at some point is a child who was molested. Guys, there's a lot of pain out there, and there is a message that is sent out there that says, sex is a God. But it's a God that will break you and crush you. Not give you what you really want and desire. Alright, that's one view. Second view. First, sex is a God. Second view, sex is gross. Now, this is just an overreaction. You know, this is a reaction the other way. You say, what? You say, uuuh. You know, you look in this book, Song with Songs, and there's a lot of wooing in it. And, ah, uh, oh, I'm not ewing. You know? Uh, as a, as a matter of fact, as you look, In the early church, there were those that were so scared of these desires that they tried to treat them as if they were evil, as if they were bad, as if they were wrong, as if they were definitely not of God. And so, you know, you get some ideas in the early church, man, where, uh, you know, uh, well, I was thinking of one guy, Jerome, Father Jerome. He said, you know, we think of the cold shower guys. man. I better go in there and take a cold shower. Well, in Jerome's case, he said, when the, when those desires overpower me, I go run and jump in a sticker bush. He said, it works every time. I guess so. It changes your thoughts and your mind. Uh, as you look down their celibacy became something that was to be prized. And those who got married in the early church in the Middle Ages, they actually came up with marriage manuals trying to describe what was appropriate uh, among those in marriage and then they came up with holidays religious days and they became up on the calendar days that it was inappropriate uh, for a husband and wife to be together intimately and and there was a certain amount of control uh, that became passed down to the Puritan Victorian way of thought where women were totally covered no skin showing all the way down to their feet and matter of fact guys that's where the idea the origin of the tablecloth came from you know they sit down to eat and they didn't want the guys in look at the leg there guy's gonna get in trouble looking at that girl's legs. So the tablecloths came to the floor. there was an idea you know those desires are evil and they're bad. No it's part of God's design. It's when you step out of God's design that the trouble begins. God's intent for sex is not that it's dirty but the reason now for some it's dirty is because they've stepped out of God's design and they're hurt. Now, we're going to look at this third view in regard to that. It's a gift to be enjoyed in marriage. Throw me to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Not far away from Song of Solomon. 2.13 we read, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me and have dug their own cisterns. Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. People are thirsty. People are thirsty to be loved and they are thirsty to share love with someone. The problem is God has a cistern from which there is pure flowing water to fulfill us and to fill us. And too often... People are drinking from broken. They become broken cisterns, and they're drinking from contaminated, polluted water. And they're missing God's design. They're missing His best. And and man, there's casualties that are all around us. And guys, something we gotta be careful of. it it, it hurts me. It hurts me because too often, you know what we do in the church? We spend so much time preaching against things and saying, oh, I can't believe they're doing that and, and I can't believe they're caught up in it. Guys, they need God. They need Jesus. They need His grace. And I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't have a standard and we shouldn't say this is what God has to say. But guys, may we in the process not miss the fact that Jesus loves them. And the reason they're hurting is they're broken. The cistern's broken and the water's contaminated. And what's meant to fulfill them has now polluted them and it's hurt them. And, and, and God says, you know, I'll forgive you. I, I know where you are. I love you too much to leave you there. And that's our God. That's His heart, guys. We don't want to miss that. Uh, there are reasons in the Scripture given uh, for sexual intimacy. One is pleasure. You said that in the church? Oh man. The preacher said that. Pleasure. Yeah man. God says have fun. Love one another. Enjoy one another. It's good news. Secondly, is in order to have a family, have kids. God has set that up for a man and a woman to come together and to share their love and as a result for there to be kids and, and a family. Third is for oneness. Where there is a sense of intimacy and learning each other. I love in the old King James where it talked about physical intimacy. It said, and they knew one another. He knew her. That's God's plan. That's His work. And fourth is for protection. Sometimes the desires can overpower us. and God says, I, I want a husband and wife, not to withhold from one another, but to share their love with one another so that they are not overcome by temptation. But God's at work and He works through that intimacy. In Genesis chapter 2, you guys, we see His plan, the original plan, for intimacy and for marriage. So, to Genesis 2, we're going to look at 18-25. through We're going to read there, share a couple of comments, and then we're going to look at Song of Songs. Starting at verse 18, chapter 2, Genesis. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field, all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So here's the situation, guys. Here's Adam. God's created all these animals. His job's to name them. They walk by and I can imagine... Giraffe, porcupine, cat, mule. Whoa, man! I mean, woman. Flesh of flesh, bone of my bones. Yes! As my dad would say, "Vavroom." He noticed her. You see, he looked around, there wasn't a suitable helper, and so God got busy. Formed out of His rib, out of His out of his flesh, out of His person. A suitable helper. Someone to connect with. <laughs> Someone to, to really be intimate with. Someone to share life with, guys. That was God's plan. That was His purpose. And that's still His longing for marriage, for the covenant. For a man and a woman to come together, guys, and to be one. To, 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 to not be just alike, but to love being together. And to share life, guys. That's his, That's His heart. That's our God. That's what he wants to do, and and so he looked. He looked at her. I don't know if he said "Bavaroom." You know, I don't know. That's my background. That's my history. That's my experience. But Bavaroom. Okay. Anyway, um, then it says, uh, you know, he gives an outline there. He says, for you know, a man he's going to leave his father and his mother, become united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. A new family's formed. (laughs) New start is continued. And God's ways are passed on. That's God's heart. And I love it here because he says, and there was no shame. I mean, they loved each other in such a way that they respected one another and enjoyed one another. And just had a great time, guys. That that's heart that's God's heart. That's where he is. Um another point here with this is uh I want you to notice as I looked at her, the Bob Room, uh she was his standard of beauty. You know, here's the difference between love and lust. Love is when, guys, our standard of beauty is our wives. Lust is when it's someone else. That's your standard of beauty. So guys, if you married a tall woman, you really like tall. If you married a short woman, you really like short. If you married a skinny woman, you really like skinny. If you married not skinny, then you really like not skinny. You say, well, I married a skinny, but now she's not skinny. What do I do about that? Your standard changed. (laughs) Guys, He wants us to be fulfilled in a marital covenant. That's His heart. That's His plan. That's His design. That's His cistern. See? Now, with all that said, let's move into Song of Songs. I haven't even looked at time here. Um, we've got three principal characters as we go through this book. Uh, matter of fact, we read in the book of First Kings that God gave Solomon all this wisdom. He wrote 3,000 Proverbs and 1,005 songs. And this is like the greatest hits out of that 1,005 songs, this is the love songs that, you know, America's top 40. This is King Solomon's top songs here. And I know people talk about, well, this is allegory. This is speaking about our love with Jesus. And I think there's some truth to that, but I mean, come on, guys. You really get into this stuff, I think it's pretty obvious that God's also trying to make a point here between the way romantic love's meant to be but let's look at these first seven verses as we open this up. This is Solomon's Song of Songs. So Solomon's the guy that uh, uh, this is attributed to as a songwriter. Three characters. There's Solomon. He's this rich king that's got it all together. He's wise. Um, knows how to carry himself. You know, he's got it all. And then you got this woman who comes from a poor family. As you read along, it appears. And, uh, but she must have it, you know, have something that's wooed his heart. And then there's some, uh, her friends, which we'll call them the background singers, you know, that make the music come alive that we have here. So as we open up, let's just, uh, begin and look at the text here, guys. Uh, verse two, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Bob Okay. Uh, you know, as you look here, guys, most everything you hear about and everything you read, the man's the aggressor, you know, the husband's to lead the way. What's interesting in this song starts out, it's the wife. The wife is secure in herself and she likes her man. He's got it going on. And she likes him. It's good. And she says, Come on over here, you big old honker. You stud muffin. Let me take a look at those luscious lips there. Says, You know, I'm to get me a little sugar there. Good stuff. Matter of fact, I read and I listen. Kissing, if a kiss will burn two calories. So there are benefits. But now this is something really for private, not public, guys. I, I read, I read too. Said, remember though, when you're in public, just a peck, not a bushel. <laughs> just a peck, not a bushel. But as we read down through here, guys, um, I think most guys uh, would say, "I like the way you're thinking, honey." Good for married couples. Good to display their love for one another. And then, then he compares it to wine. And look, I know, guys, I don't want to get into all that because the Bible says, you know, do not get drunk. Lead you away. I want to get into all that. I will say, you know, it may be one glass will comfort and calm you, a whole bottle make you wish you were dead, give you a hangover, stay away from that. But the idea is that there is there is something good, there is something precious in that kiss. But notice as he goes on here, guys, um, and gals, both of you. And by the way, uh, as I share this, some of you say, well, you know, I'm not married. This doesn't really apply to me. Well, statistics seem to show at 1.93% of people will be married at some point. So I think the huge majority of people at least have a longing for someone else. So I think there's application. Okay, he goes on here. He says... um, for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Alright guys, uh, those of you who say, uh, Sweat is manly. My woman wants me like I am. Me, you no. Know, they're like, shoo. Buddy, take a shower. Clean up. Use some soap. Use some deodorant. This is not happening for the ladies, guys. And and you know it talks about here about a fragrance and, and be careful about the fragrance that you get. Some of these fragrances you might think they smell good, but the women might be thinking, What has he done? You know, in our own body chemistry, fragrances a lot of times smell different on us you know according to our own personal body chemistry. And and so guys be, be careful, you know, about that and maybe mask your wife, huh? Do you, do you like the way this stuff smells, or are you just being nice, putting up with me? I mean, you know, find out. The fragrance. But then he goes on from there. Not just the fragrance, not just being clean. But he says, your name is like perfume poured out. Talk about being clean, talk about using a fragrance. You've know, done all that. But beyond that, you know what she's saying here? She's saying, you know what really, really is precious to me? You know what really gets my motor humming? Character. She says, I need a man that I respect. I need a man of character. I need a man of integrity. I need a man that loves me and loves the kids and more than anything, loves Jesus. Man, that's what she's saying here. Your your name, it's 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 sweet. It's like perfume poured out. that one of the maidens love you because you're a person of character, you know. And, and ask yourself, guys, am I the kind of guy that's always saying, "Well, when I got free time. I want to hang out with my buddies, and I want to take care of myself, and I need my own time." And, and... does your wife and kids suffer because you're not there? Are you a person of character? Do you do you pay the bills? Are you responsible? Man, just ask any woman. I don't think I'm out of line. I think the women will tell you that's attractive. That's Bob broom to them. Character. It's important, guys. It's important. Um, now, I want you to see here, uh, time for the backup singers. Uh, they kick in here. We rejoice and delight in you. We'll praise your love more than wine. You know, it's just the way it is. You know, I, I looked at this and I said, man, isn't it just like the way we are? We sit around and we talk, you know. Guys, I have a daughter. You know, I'm learning. Girls sit around and they talk about the guys. Matter of fact, uh, Lydia and she brought two friends home they were telling me that uh, her boyfriend, uh, Lydia's friend's boyfriend, is named Zach. And so the conversation, Zach, 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 Zach and Zach... So to make it easier, guys, they just say, Zach squared. Zach squared, that kind of handles, you know. But you know what? These ladies, they say, man, I am looking at him. Not only is he clean and he smells good, and he grooms himself, but he's got a character. Girl, you got it going on! That is a good guy! And they're just like, woo, 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 woo! You know, all that's going on. A lot of joy's happening there as they're sharing. It's a good thing. Look at verse 4. He says, Take me away with you, let us hurry. Let the king bring me in his chambers. We rejoice and delight in you. We'll praise your love more than wine. Okay, this is a tough one for me. I am a guy. There's ways we can do relationships a couple ways. The way, guys, we're not to be is to push. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. We shouldn't push our wives. Honey, I want to be with you. Scream at her. Make her feel guilty. Threaten her. I want you to notice here, this is her, she's talking. She says, I want to be with you. What is it? Instead of Him forcing His way on her, she's drawn to Him. And so the prayer I guess for us guys is that God would work in my heart and the lives of you men that we'd be the kind of men that our women are drawn to. That it's not a, I'm going to force you into this issue, (laughs) but it's I want to be with you issue. That's God's longing. That's His desire. That's what He Wants to do. It's draw me. Oh, she continues on here. Uh, She speaks about her appearance, guys. Look at, and and gals. When I say guys, I mean gals too, okay. Verse uh, 5. Dark am I, yet lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem. Dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I'm dark. Because I'm darkened by the sun, my mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards. My own vineyard I have neglected. Um, what is she saying here? In that culture, beauty meant that you were able to stay inside and your skin was fair and by the sun's rays. You know, Now we're into the tan, right? A lot of times in our culture. But what she saying here? She, guys, is insecure in the way she looks, and I, I'll just be honest. I think a lot of women are there. They're just not happy with the way they look. There's a self-image type of problem. What she's saying here, she's saying, you know, I, I, you know, she's saying to her man, you know. I, I'm sorry it. you know I, I didn't have the money to be able to stay at home so I got dirt under my fingernails I had to work out in the sun and and so where the pretty ladies are fair I'm not my skin is dark and my hands are calloused from the hard work what she's saying she's saying you know, I don't have that magazine image. I'm not the swimsuit model type look, okay? I, you know, I, I'm not the one that is on the magazine covers, is is on TV, and, and is the standard of beauty. That's not me! And And she's sharing her heart there. And and the beauty of it is, guys, is uh somehow um, may God help us to be able to say you're my standard of beauty, honey. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not like I said earlier, lust is where you're looking for other standards, but my standard is my wife. See, that's God's longing, okay? That's what He wants. All right, let's uh get tough a little bit, get Todd in trouble a little bit. I know there's some churches that say No makeup. Now listen, I had a teacher in college that said, I think it's good every once in a while to put a coat of paint on the barn. Guys, I am not against makeup. I think that there are times where it, you know, help a little bit. Yeah. Go for the paint. (laughs) Don't ever do the paint. You know, get the paint right. Ladies, uh, it is important to us guys we... We do notice the way you look. And, and both of us, women and men, we can't say, well, I snagged her now. I can just sit back and she's mine. Don't have to worry about it. No, that is not God's way. We need to take care of ourselves for our loved one. You know? Ladies, uh, you know, we want to look at, you know, take, do you take care of yourself? Do you, do you eat right? Do you exercise do you care about your clothes? I mean, do you care about your appearance? It does mean something to us for sure. Tough questions. Now guys, I can't let us off the hook either, can I? That's not right. Ladies go, yeah! Now, you know, we got to take care of ourselves too. Do we exercise? Do we do those things to make sure that we stay in shape? I mean, do we care about our appearance? It matters. God says do it. Man I noticed with me a number of years ago you know how age changes you I used to have hair up here man I had hair on my head but for some reason the growth pattern changed and instead of the hair coming out of here like it should it started coming out my nose and my ears dude it was just moving the wrong directions and I got this little clipper to try to keep that stuff cut, and I looked at it this morning, and the battery was dead in it. So don't look too close. <laughs> Guys, we got to take care of our appearance. That's important. Alright, I'm near the end here. Um, notice he says here, or, or I mean she says here, my own vineyard I have neglected, she says. She so. says, you know what? We live in a nutty world that goes a hundred thousand miles an hour, don't we? Our schedules get too full, and we've got too many demands. And uh, let me just say a plug here. I think, but uh, uh, to uh, Terry and uh, Samantha, I, thank you guys last night for sharing. They, they touched on some of this stuff last night about the importance of. You know, making sure that your home, guys, doesn't get neglected. Because you know what happens? You get going everywhere else and just think, well, my baby loves me. You know, she'll put up with me. Wrong thinking. It takes work. Guys, let's not neglect the people that love us most. You see. She says, I neglected my own vineyard. And you know what? In the, in the time restraints, uh, I'm almost, you can almost stick a fork in me. I'm almost done, guys. Hang on. Hang on. Um, make a special effort to find time to be together, okay? I implore you, make a special effort. Get a little creative. You know? If your honey's at work, call them up. Guys and gals, either way. Say, uh, I'd like to go somewhere. I'm going to come by and pick you up and we're going to go out to eat. I mean, do some creative things. Go on picnics together. Go bowling together. Be careful. That was where we had our first fight. Cindy beat me at bowling and my male ego could not handle it. (laughs) But be careful. But do creative things together, guys. Um, There's value in that. Take time to get away... Hey, uh, get away, get away for the weekend. Sneak away, surprise your spouse. Do do little surprises of love to show me. Don't have to be expensive stuff. Little surprises, little notes, or maybe a weekend away. Hey, Amen. Ladies, we love it. We like attention too. My poor wife. She said not to pick on her, so I won't. Uh, we like attention. We need to date each other. We need to be together. Alright, I'm at the end of this thing, but I want to tie this thing together because all these principles I'm talking about, it's important to us, but we really don't understand romance until we understand God's place. We're so screwed up, Kingsway, we're so screwed up people that until God helps us see how much we need Him in our lives... We can't even make the right decisions to find the kind of romance that's needed. We first must have a change of heart. And that only comes from Jesus Christ. And so as I come to you, you know, hopefully in this message, God has spoken and said, here's some areas in um, my life with someone I love that need to be worked on. But I don't want to miss, never, God forbid that I miss, the fact that it always needs to come back to How's my relationship with Jesus? Has He forgiven me? Am I His? Is He my hope? Because if the answer to that's no, nothing else is going to work out right, believe me. So so this we call this time time to respond. We're going to do it in a moment. Uh, the altar's open. I encourage you to come and to pray if God's spoken to your heart and you need to come before Him and pray. I'll be at the front to pray with you if if you feel God moving in you and and, and there's something you need to pray about, come forward. Maybe for now you just need to say, Jesus, forgive me, I'm a sinner, come live in my heart. Uh, Man, now's the time. Today's the day of salvation. Maybe it's a relationship that's fractured and He said, I want this fixed. Guys, now's the time. Don't put it off. Maybe He wants you to come and unite with this particular church. Say, this is a place I want to serve. Uh, He's calling me to be a part of His family at Kingsway, part of the Kingsway crowd. I don't know, uh, but I just want us to be obedient to God. Whatever that means, guys, be obedient to Him. We're going to pray. I'm going to be at the front, stand, sing, and just do what God says do. Come if He calls. Let's pray. God, thank You for this chance uh, to look at your design there's a lot of broken cisterns out there God pray for your healing God Lord you love us and you don't throw us away God when we're hurt and we're broken you want to heal us God you want to give us a new start and a new chance and I'm so grateful because God I, I've certainly got cracks all through me and been broken in a number of ways and yet you're the master patch guy. You heal, God. Make life new. So God, I just pray this morning that would occur throughout this place that lives would hear Your call that people would come in response. That Lord, we would let You change us this morning, God. That's what it's about, Master. Just work among us. In Your name we pray. Amen.